wait, was that the end of the authority as we know it? Are they just gonna feed AJ Styles to Roman Reigns in an effort to try and put him over? If Vince was just gonna give control to Shane the next day, then why have a stipulation match? What superstar seemed to struggle the most with the Raw After Mania crowd? NXT debuts, who did well and who could do better? And now that Shane is in charge, does it even matter? We hope to answer all of these questions and much, much more just after this short break. Hey, what's up, folks? This is Travis Barton here again just to say uh, both hello and uh, thank you for listening to our last podcast that we did about WrestleMania. We had so much fun that we thought we'd do another one because here's the thing, guys. The Raw After Mania is not just a hashtag. It's a way of life. So when those things happen, those things go down, you've got some of the biggest storylines going down for the entire year being reset or created. So because of that, I decided to call my good friend Mike Sollings again to hear his thoughts on the Raw after Mania. Uh, Mike, how are you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm a, I'm a little burned out. I felt like I went to Mania at this point. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. It's just it's just a lot all at once. I felt. I mean, I feel like you go the raw after uh, mania is almost like going to Mardi Gras, and you you have that one friend that just your flight's on Tuesday, and he wants to do it again on Monday, and you just pull yourself up, and you're just like, <laughs> I really, I kind, I well, we're here, so yeah. And then once you're there, you kind of get into it, but you know you're just gonna be you're gonna pay for it at the end. But there were some good things to take away from it that got you knowing that yeah, that was a good night. Okay, I mean, we're going to get to the big, big storylines first, but I need to get your your reaction to the crowd because I think that tells us where a lot of the analysis is going to go. I mean, I couldn't wait to – I mean, hit on a point, I thought there was going to be some kind of like buildup to it, but <laughs> I hated the I hated that crowd Why? 100%. I mean, okay, it's one thing to have a show click and then react to it mm-hmm. and have the chance like flow off of it but you can't make a show click yourself. It, it doesn't, and then as expected to follow, it, it felt like they were, like Jericho said, it felt like they were trying to hijack the show, and that was their thought process going into it. Did you enjoy Jericho's interruption to the crowd? He handled that better than anybody possibly could. I mean, there's a timing aspect to it. I mean, when you saw Charlotte give her promo, she completely got frazzled and she kept on saying, thank you. Thank you for what? Throwing me off my promo? <laughs> the hard part for Charlotte, I thought, that was a very, very uh, difficult sort of aspect to do because I think they tried to walk both lines on that, which was a very conciliatory uh, concept of, hey, guys, we know it's been rough for women's uh, wrestling and we want to embrace this moment. But just wait till I get to my turn because, man, are we so respectful and audience starts taking over, interruption, it's dragging out longer than it may need to go. And just from a speaker's perspective, uh, you, you do have to acknowledge the crowd, but you, you really do need to make it your own. And I think that's the greatest part about Jericho is because Jericho not only looked when he was walking out, like he recognized he was getting all of the cheers over Roman Reigns. But then he said, I'm going to try everything in my book to try and make you guys hate me so that you can like this man. And it continues on that kind of progressive storyline for Roman Reigns, which is what the fuck's it going to take to put him over? Him saying three words and that's it. (laughs) It was all about timing. It's all about timing. Charlotte couldn't find the timing. 
Jericho caught it on a dead when they knew they were going to burn it out and he and he snuck it he snuck it right in accordingly mm. that was what was frustrating about the crowd they didn't understand timing their their chants were offbeat like you can hear both sides of the arena trying to like this is this is ah ah like it was completely <laughs> off like even that's the easiest thing then they just started randomly doing the bailey song in random points just because they wanted to sing because i saw it that manifested in london yeah. Okay. That's not something that gets. It's not organic at that point. It, <laughs> it, it it's super forced, and it just it feels like the crowd feels now at this point that they have to do that. True. I the, well, I have always said this, and I, I think this professes true at certain times, but especially at WrestleMania when they started a "This is awesome" chant, and I don't know that necessarily every time they chant that it's actually awesome, but I have also figured out that if you've paid the money. To go to a WrestleMania, sometimes you start chanting "This is awesome" as a means of justifying how much money you spent on it. <laughs> like they're telling themselves, "This is awesome. This is awesome." This they, they can't start. Well, awesome. But this is worth it. Is not an acceptable <laughs> chant. If we can somehow make this is worth it, it's it'll make it chant. I mean, everything's dollar dollar bill, y'all. They had Shane money falling from the sky. Trump actually had real money fall from the sky. I mean, mm. yeah, it's this is worth it. Free money, yeah. I, they should have started immediately <laughs> chanting that there. when that happened. The most like underwhelming chance is something that we should look to try and coin on here. Uh, I expected that, you know, kind of work from there. Uh, it. They do expect it. I mean, they expect – that's why when the Charlotte was cutting the promo, the thing that interrupted it is because everybody expected Bailey. Yeah. Everybody's expecting the Bullet Club, and that's what was missing from this post-Mania Raw. The back, the back thought of your head that somebody might cash in the money in the bank. Yeah. That always kept you on edge. That kept you focused. Like, who's going to come cash in on Roman? You know, there was none of that. I'm granted there was none of that last year, but that was the main mania moment. And so that was such the the grand focus of it that that was the storyline. So the years before, it's always been who's going to cast. And I think the crowd just got so distracted because they didn't know what was coming. Hence the random debuts. Well, definitely random debuts. And let's actually start back up at the top. So that way we can kind of address things uh, bit by bit, because there was a lot of stuff that did happen. Uh, granted, it's a three-hour Raw. It's the Raw after Mania, so there are a lot of discussion points. But let's start with the most obvious one, which is the way they decided to lead off the show. Vince McMahon walks out and has these people in the palm of his hands, and he knows that. Vince just looks at these people, and he's like, I'm going to have to figure out how to get these people to hate me. And so he does Not what happening. he can. Yeah, Not and I mean, it, it's difficult to, but, but... Then Shane McMahon comes out, and then they decide to shit on the entire purpose of him versus The Undertaker. It feels, I, I my analogy to that is, and I've always, I've kind of always felt this way, is I feel like the Raw after, well, WrestleMania and the Raw after WrestleMania is almost like them reading a choose-your-own-adventure book, but they keep their thumb on the last page just in case. <laughs> They can go back, you know, I mean, if they die, they can go, okay, I started off at the, this last point and I can go through and try to get to, let's see where, what pages I had to go through to actually survive. And that's exactly what they did yesterday. I mean, that was the main stipulation of the whole match was Shane does not get to do that. 
and then <laughs> just to give it to him as a character motivation because funsies? No, Vince was in a better mood. He felt a lot better. You know what I mean? He got, I'm telling you, dude, I'm not going to go back to the callback. He got the Illuminati out, man. So, you know what I mean? So he could do, he felt a, a lot, lot better inside. So he's like, all right, Shane, like, I feel better. I'm just going to go chill now. And you do it because he wanted it to see how bad it was. What theory is that? Like, oh, hey, I hope the fans, speaking about this is worth it, I hope you guys don't get your money worth. Mm. And we're going to blame it on Shane. But why make the stipulation in the first place to create the drama that then you're just going to erase the next day with an Etch-A-Sketch? Like, that's what it is. It's Etch-A-Sketch booking. <laughs> it, I mean, again, they just it, to play safe, it's almost like they want to play. They're playing to themselves and they're playing to the crowd. It almost sounds like the bookers just almost got in an argument in the back. And he, like you said, I can't do the voice, but he just said, fuck it. Like, we'll just do it anyway because we're going to have to create some sense of a wrestling based show without the authority. So why not have Shane do it and take credit for it? Hmm. Triple H can't take credit for NXT. No. And here's the thing that I was interested in is that I don't know that anybody had actually pondered what a Shane McMahon quote unquote led raw would look like because everybody just assumed, yeah, Shane gets control of raw. It's going to be amazing again. But yesterday was my first inclination toward, wait, is it? He could have sat ringside. He could have sat there and announced it. They showed him in, what, three backstage promos after stuff happened in muted conversations. I don't – Apollo Crews – who is Apollo Crews? Like, how cocky of the – of the WWE to assume that every everybody has the network and everybody has Wednesday off and watches NXT and already knows about Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews was also an interesting debut because uh, I love when they hard sell people. It's like, look at his athleticism. Just look at it. And you go, yeah, it's pretty prevalent. Do you have any actual analysis here? Because uh yeah sure i mean i think that's what tv does make you do uh it's not radio it makes you look at it so mm -hmm. on the other side i thought the the powerbomb he actually kind of missed his timing on and here i am thinking uh, you know as the couch potato that i am oh damn dude you're gonna miss your timing on that on your debut it was tyler breeze's fault agreed agreed it was a it was not exactly i don't even know like why this match had to happen, but I figured, okay, great. Squash match, great. You look good. Okay. I don't even really believe that, that it was Tyler Breeze's fault. They're just going to be like, yep, he, that was why that happened. Apollo Crews is Triple H's boy. Yeah. So they can just put it on him. Why not? He's the Eric Rowan thing. Yeah, yeah. No, that totally makes sense. So, okay, so you've got that. So you've got Shane who appears in, what, as you were saying, like three behind-the-scenes kind of things. Uh, at the same point... You also have a couple other storylines that come into play. Let's talk about the fact that we all knew that The Miz was going to come in and mess with Zack Ryder. And I have to give the WWE credit in that they did allow him to show the the photo and kind of get over and doing that kind of thing. And uh, there's one meme that I read that I think is actually true where they say The Miz is the only heel that gets heel booze. The only that they can get that the smart crowd to boo absolutely because people hate him so much. He just does such a good job of it. 
I really, I believe I'm probably the only person that loves what happened with that. Okay, why did you love that? Okay, so what are we going to do with Ryder as champion? We're, every time Ryder comes out, you're think, what is his record on Raw? Like two and 324 or something? You know what I mean? You, uh, he I would loses to, every time. <laughs> I would have to get the uh, record books open. Uh, if anybody has that number, please find something better to do with your life. But go on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just seems he's losing it. So you're just going to have it in the back of the head that he's going to drop it. I mean, the, the basic theory is the champion who loses the strap, who's hungry for it back, it's, it's always a better chase. People hate the Miz so much that that was such a heel thing to do. And almost get and get the dad involved with the emotional aspect of it. So Zack Ryder can't be mad at the dad, or he might get mad at the dad. There's so much, so many more layers with the Maurice coming back and giving it that sensational Sherry kind of mm-hmm. aspect to it. Not that H, that the Miz is in HBK's league anywhere, but it still gives it that kind of important, like focused feeling, other than just Ryder defending it against people. I mean, who the social outcasts for a month and then doing a pay-per-view against the Miz and then having it, it would just be a drag. Yeah. I, I think you're right on that area. How would you book uh writer holding that? If you had Bo Dallas come in the next day, it's uh it's what I like to call the flip the coin kind of outcome where you go, uh, I guess yeah, Bo Dallas could beat him. You feel so much more. You feel so much more in this. You feel bad for Zack Ryder. You hate the Miz. It's just there's. I mean, he Zack Ryder got his WrestleMania moment. That was yep. a bit. That was a big moment. That Scott Hall picture again. That's just priceless. I mean, they couldn't have done that without that. Yeah. But again, I'm talking about reading memes. I read the story online today that apparently Kevin Owens was supposed to retain. Yeah. The betting lines at that point for Zack Ryder were 66 to 1. The line moved to 5 to 2 within the matter of a day. Now, I used to run bets for for a guy out here. His name's Dinky. He goes to every PWG show. And to move a line like that, that takes a lot of money. Yeah. So... There's something that's not that's something that nobody ever ever thinks about. It just begs you the question: Is like, was that the double edge of the sack Ryder? <laughs> I see. Really, like, is Vince parlaying everything on Zack Ryder at that point? <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, it's a, a special kind of person to be betting on wrestling uh, storylines. Uh, first of all, but it's a secondary thing to sit there. Like, if you're Zack Ryder and you see those lines moving. Even though you're full well in back of what's going on, do you, does it hurt any less to look at that and go, ouch, come on, guys? No, he just ha- calls his dad and asks him to be- to, put- to lay it on the line, <laughs> and it just becomes so much more stressful. I mean, sweating a game's never fun. Which, by the way, his dad, his dad, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, entertained me so much because I'll give this to The Miz. When he called him out for wearing a Superman t-shirt, there was a large part of me that was laughing uh, fairly hysterically because I'm like, I-, I need to make fun of this old man, but I don't have any reason to. I mean, that, I mean, the only thing to make fun of is that like the only shirt he wears. 
I don't, is that like, that's like his gimmick, right? Yeah. <laughs> that it's a, a great gimmick is what but, shirt are you wearing? But then poor John Cena's dad comes in like a suit and tie and he gets kicked in the head by Randy Orton. I mean, something's, com- something's completely off in that aspect. I guess in the grand scheme of things, I'd rather take a slap than, you know, a giant devastating uh, punt to the face. So, you know, bygones, bygones. Uh, let's talk about the fact that we also had in this one, and we alluded to it earlier, you had Roman Reigns come out and say the only words he knew. So was that the most effective way to use him? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're just you're just waiting. Like you said, you're sitting there on Saturday Night Live when he's hosting in the monologue just going, ooh, like more words, like are the, ooh, illicit. I actually felt something out of that. I When he just said one, two, three – and Mike dropped, it was, yeah, let's go. It was almost like a quicker way of doing the John Cena U.S. Open Challenge, mm. which I think they might were trying to do, but then they just kind of, they did the full reset, and people didn't like Jericho coming out because, you know, the controversial aspect of AJ, and everybody's just, oh, we don't, we're over Jericho, it's just too much. But he just every time he comes back, everybody's so into it. And then, oh no, this is okay. We know what he's doing. Where's he? Where's he at? And then it got real interesting with the I call him the Team PWG slash ROH coming out <laughs> and completely <laughs> resetting the whole tone of even the the storyline aspects. There's no more authority, and we're going to focus on wrestling for once. Can I tell you how I viewed it? I mean, I mean, you're going to. Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of a rhetorical question. Um, <laughs> I know. Basically, the way I viewed it was this. You had Roman Reigns come out and say maybe no more than a fourth grade leading level comprehension uh, amount of words. And then, but they are the right words. I will say that. I'm not a bad guy. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy is the perfect phrasing. Do I wish he said it a little bit better? Yeah, sure. But it's the right thing to say. So I'll go there. However, it looked like Roman sat back, looked at these four people and go, all right, somebody here put me over. Because that's that's the hidden implication of all this is that, yes, IWC darling AJ Styles did win the fatal four way. But did he just win an opportunity to put over Roman Reigns? Yeah, just with way more booing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a double-edged angle. Everybody wants AJ to be in that spot, but I don't. I mean, he's eventually should absolutely be the number one contender, but I don't know if right now is the time for it. Um, We're we're talking about AJ. I need to address two things that I'm kind of eh about AJ with, and they are as follows. Number one, is his hair stolen from Keith Urban? (laughs) Like he just went and got. He goes into his barber shop and asks for the Keith Urban. Yep. Just shows him a photo and is like, make me look like this. And they're like, are you sure? And he's like, yes. Uh, that's number one. I can even bypass the fact that he has AJ like tattooed on his body. Because sometimes it makes me think, is that the trick that you do in case you ever get into a coma and you lose any kind of recognition of who you are as a human being and you just look down at your underwear and it says AJ and you go, oh, I'm AJ. Cool. No, you're so advanced for thinking that on that level because, no, you you shouldn't ever grasp that because you want to know why that's there, the real reason. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever reads the fine print on that thing. 
he has the dates of when he won the TNA championship in real fine print under, there's like three dates under it. And I doubt that WWE will ever do a hard focus on that or if they're going to ask him to get it removed. But again, why your initials there? I just – and Mike, you are way more versed in the tattoo arts than I ever will will be. But why? Here, let me dumb it down for you. Have okay. you ever like been talking to somebody and they take out their phone and their screensaver is the picture of them? Mm-hmm. Same, same kind of, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> well, I'm glad you could clear that up. But the second problem I have with AJ, and mind you, that was not a problem. That was just an observation. Right. But the second problem I have is I don't like his theme song. Uh, no, it, I mean, why? I don't know, but here I was wanting to get excited when he was walking out to the ring. And then I heard his theme song and I was like, oh, it's yeah. because you it's because you weren't raised hardcore Catholic or like you're not like a born you're not a born again Christian because they tried doing that low key with the New Day and it failed on them and they're like, Oh look, we can really do this with AJ and AJ probably asked for it. Like that was in his contract. He's like, I need Jesus in this. I really don't appreciate the way you guys did the whole Shawn Michaels and God versus the McMahon, so I need you to kind of let me get the Jesus in. Fifty years from now, when we look back, Shawn Michaels and the God Angle and Vince McMahon, <laughs> I think we're gonna look at that and be like, they, "How did that happen again? Who did that?" Okay, good to know. It was divine intervention, and it was great. <laughs> okay, so we had that, and that's kind of my my overall thought on AJ is. Uh, as you mentioned, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I hope they make the best of it. I hope AJ gives a phenomenal, uh, pun intended, uh, match to Roman Reigns. Uh, though I'm, I've tempered my expectations on that one. So let's hope for the best on that. Uh, going forward, you know, what happens to Sammy? I mean, does that put him out for a while? Or is it just one of those things where he and Kevin Owens continue their feud forever? What, what's going on there? In the long run, I really believe that Kevin Owens is going to be put in the spot to be the believable, you know, the guy to take it off reigns. And I believe if Sami Zayn comes and sabotages it, that'll get way more over to to that aesthetic. Because I think they should go with Zayn and Kevin Owens one-on-one at some point. And probably at SummerSlam would be a good place to do it. Brooklyn's kind of ring of honor country and they could really showcase it on a one-on-one level on a big stage when you got Roman, you know, doing like real stuff. And cause he's going to be in a big face run, <clears throat> a big face title run, uh, face of the company run where that's why this AJ thing just kind of doesn't work because we're expected to believe that Roman's really going to lose on his first pay-per-view defense after mania. There's there, it doesn't make, that doesn't make any kind of sense unless they're going to do some kind of no finish where the bullet club comes out and shields them. <laughs> All right, let's go on to our next area. Uh, I want to talk about this, which is if you guys are fans of Wade Barrett, I'm afraid I've got some bad news for you. <laughs> Mostly it's just the idea that they decided that they needed to trim the fat. And I actually enjoy these angles. Anytime they turn on somebody, I actually do kind of enjoy that. 
Uh, did they make a mistake getting rid of Barrett? Because in some ways, he's probably the best on the mic out of all of those folks. It boils down to if you're in the know or not. You know he's leaving, so people get on it. They, they're they starting to cheer for it and do the whole na-na-na-na, hey, 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 <laughs> goodbye thing because how dare you go do something that's going to give you time off you know, closer to your family and more money. Yeah. You know, we, we need you as our, as the, the whipping boy. I mean, good for him, but they did, you know, they probably had fun doing it and it, it kind of works on that level. I thought, I thought that's when Cesaro was going to come out to tell you the truth. And I thought he was going to be the new fourth member of the league of nations right there. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't. And I'm glad that they, they saved Cesaro for the end. Uh, you know, it, it's just, it was so, Momentum is such an important thing in this. And if you have somebody like him who is continuously building and and getting so close to getting that brass ring, I just feel like he's in that top contention. And uh, it's one of those things where you see an injury, put him out, and you go, oh, fuck, now? Now he's injured like this? That sucks. But uh, returning back to this, then, you know, uh, the day after being destroyed by The Rock... Uh, then you have the Wyatt family uh, come in and start a feud with uh, the League of Nations. Yeah, there's no explanation. Why, though? Uh, that's what I wanted to know. I was hoping you had an idea. That's No, that's the first train of thought. The idea is they just wanted to play to the crowd so they could, if any way they can do the quickest face turn, they put that in front of a smart crowd because – the first thing the crowd started chanting was "Thank you, Wyatt." Like that was the big, one of the big um, monotonies of Raw in the last while. I was just watching the New Day in the League of Nations over and over and over. So they finally kind of killed that and gave it. They freshened it up, but it was super confusing because Bray Wyatt and the boys were just the, were supposed to be big heels last night, and all of a sudden they their faces. It's just it was kind of confusing. Yeah, I just thought, uh, again, hitting the hard reset button uh, just in front of my eyes is kind of uh, difficult to kind of make any sense of. But I just sat there and I go, um, all right, I guess this is happening. Good to know. Thanks for informing me this is going on. Uh, but if I, if I was to ask you what you thought of the integration of the Usos and the Dudleys for the nine trillionth time, and then what they did afterwards your opinion would be? I mean, it was way too sweet. I was, I couldn't make it any kind of soft at that. It wasn't, it wasn't soft at all. It was, that's when I felt the show really picked up. And that's where I felt the, sh the crowd got involved in the right way is when the Jordan of jargon came out. That jacket was fire. Oh my God. I hope, <laughs> I hope they brand, they have to brand that. They have to. <laughs> How much do you love Enzo on the mic? Because the thing I like about people like him when they get on the mic is you see the passion and how excited they are to have control of that crowd. And you just, as a wrestling fan, you get excited to see someone that passionate who wants it. But he's good at it. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, it's really good. It flows. It's almost like an Eminem style of <clears throat> lyrical delivery. I, I don't know if, if he's freestyling. I mean, obviously, there's some kind of pattern that goes into it. 
um, John Cena was really good at it for a second when he was doing the the raps that kind of they were a little campy because they were so rhymed out. But that's when people liked John Cena because he was talking shit to people. He was burning them. What he said to Devon about his lazy eye was just. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the meme that was saying, "Stop it! He's already dead." Yeah, I mean. It was, and then they, yeah, they got, and they focused on Bubba's hairline. It was a perfect kind of rose style cut down, and that put him over so big. That kind of crowd's going to love that right there. And that was the one thing that, yeah, that was a one debut that made, that that was super hot. But again, I mean, why did they, they just felt, the debut felt forced. Granted, it was really, really fun. I mean, it was super cool. I really, I'm a, I'm a big cast mark. I really love what Enzo does for big cast. Mm-hmm. It's when true. Big, when big, when Enzo got hurt on their little NXT run, it was either Big Cass is going to get cut or he's going to become a star, and that's what he did. He got a lot more comfortable, and I really think when it's all said and done, and when they break them up, that Big Cass is going to be almost like the next Edge in a sense, but he's big. Hmm. It's bold, bold statements. It'd be interesting to see him take an Edge progression, and it's entirely possible. Uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, there's some rapid fire topics that I, I want you to do the quickest take possible. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you, as I do each of these takes, 15 seconds to give your opinion on them. Okay. Do you think you can do that? Well, now I'm looking at the timer on this thing, so it's going to be hard to do two things at once. Cause usually I, I stop doing one thing. So it's okay. Go. Here's the good news. I have a timer on here. <laughs> so if you hear the X button on this, I'm just going to have to move on to the next topic. But I, I have confidence in your ability to, to do this. I should have just said yeah. Yeah, I mean, you should have. But I'm glad that you, you built the drama accordingly. Now you're the underdog who doesn't know if you can actually do this. What's the line on that? Uh, there is no line. It's uh, We don't have any money on this thing yet. Anyway, moving on. Let's go to this. Uh, the WWE has a record number of subscribers. True or not true and why? a record number compared to what it's its own number I, true i mean yeah they're setting their own record every day every time somebody else subscribes plus one equals a new record uh, it's a record to netflix because that's a lie because everybody netflix and chills not people don't wrestlemania they don't wrestlemania and chill was did i do it wrong because i uh-oh never mind they don't wwe network and chill <laughs> WWE you can't you can't chill for nine ninety nine. Who's gonna chill for nine ninety nine? That's like you can't give him a bottle of wine for that. I you know my favorite thing in this world when that phrase first started coming up was explaining to people Netflix and chill because you always knew that look on their face where you're gonna be like, well, you know, you just innocently invite people to go over to Netflix and and watch with you, and they're like, oh, that sounds reasonable, and it's like, well, there's also artillery motives. So, I mean, everybody loves cinematic adventure, so yeah, that's a starting off point. Uh, let's go to our next one, which is Seth Rollins to star in a movie with Wesley Snipes. <laughs> I. I, I was it? I better be a white man can't jump remake. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> and there better be a curb stop dunk. That's all I'm saying. That's it. That's all. No. I'm so sorry. I have to ask you. You are familiar. You do know. Uh, <laughs> so I have to ask you. Does it hurt to see him doing a film like a WWE film now? 
<clears throat> no, all I can think about when I see things like that is just like when anybody does something like that, it's just like money's a motherfucker, I guess. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's do this. Uh, did the WWE overinflate the number of folks who attended AT&T Stadium? I told you that yesterday. I told you they should have had the four guys just ballpark it anyway. Of course they did. They inflated the WrestleMania 3, but we don't care. It's wrestling. <laughs> they could have told me there was 500,000 people there, but yeah, it looks like it. Okay, but the reason why I bring that up is, did The Rock lie to me? Because the that's Rock what always, it The like. Rock always lies to you. The, Rock's, the Rock lied to you about John Cena perfume. That didn't smell like what he said. It smelled like, it probably smelled like, you know, chemicals and stuff. It didn't smell like possum piss. <laughs> possum piss? Is what that's, yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> you, 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 don't, you don't remember that? I totally forgot that. Uh, okay, here's a big one. This is a, a really important one to me. Uh, when you live off of the West Coast feed, is it okay to read spoilers ahead of time? never Why? you almost have to do it on act but if you do it on accident then it really sucks like you forget and you go on your facebook and you see that cm punk won the championship from john cena and before you even watch it when you get home from work and it's just like <laughs> i mean you're gonna be into it anyway but it's just like, let so, me put it like, to you this way i 1000 percent read spoilers because when you do have the west coast feed i had the luxury for a long time of having a live feed when i worked for nbc and I would watch that, and I would stay late, and I would watch all of Raw, and it would be great. However, <clears throat> I don't have that anymore. I have West Coast feed. I have fucking Time Warner cable. So when that happens, I've just gotten to the point where I'm like, give me the, the actual information I need to see, and I will plan my night out accordingly. Because I can make the choices if I'm going to live watch it, or if I can watch it a little bit time-shifted. Because who the fuck watches it, like... Super live with commercials. Don't tell me you don't let the DVR get like 30 minutes ahead so you can fast forward. Because Raw without fast forward is sometimes very rough. My cousin likes to put it on fast forward and only one forward arrow button forward because you can still hear, hear the announcer. <laughs> <laughs> so there's my Austin Lomelli shout out. But... Um... <clears throat> Wow, completely, completely just went off off point with that. Um, no, you just got to smarten up, man. It's 2016. You got to start stealing. Stealing what? You got There's websites. You can be 15 minutes late. Everybody likes being fashionably late. Oh wow. You know what I mean? They start posting the watchwrestling.ups. You know what I mean? And you just get these daily motion feeds, and they put it 15 minutes, and you can still. You know, pretend like you have a life and are watching at the same time on, on any feed. You know what I mean? The reason why I say that is because I saw uh, Shane McMahon walk out to confront his father before I could see any of the other footage. So, the, like, the WWE isn't helping. They're putting that out there. And let's talk about how fake Shane's injury on his face was. That makeup assistance on his face was the funniest part of Raw to me. I feel like he asked Mike Tyson just to do his tattoo on him, but it was Mike, <laughs> it was Mike Tyson who did it. it I just I looked at him and I go, oh, "This is the most ridiculous thing I've seen." Yeah, the the shaking was actually a great touch. It looked like he had somehow contracted Parkinson's. Uh, Where did that? When did he take a face a side of the face bump? Anyway, like, wouldn't when he landed, he didn't land on his face. Like, 
it would have made more sense to like do that paint job on his ass, but we're not going to see that. So they put it on his, I don't, I don't understand that. That's amazing. That's great. Uh, your prediction for the week, you've got 20 seconds for this. This is where I'm going to give you the opportunity to just predict the craziest thing that should or could happen. It's all entirely on you. I've got 20 seconds on the clock. Go. The machine gun, the machine club, bullet club, machine gun club, Carl Anderson. I'm not Luke Gallows should premiere on SmackDown if they're going to do a full takeover. Super excited to see the Vlad villains with absolutely no build to see how that works. Um, it's just going to be a continuation. Is the SmackDown crowd going to ruin it? Is it going to be more smart? Are they going to do a brand extension based off that? Okay. Do you want me to tell you what does happen? Because I'm looking at the spoilers right now. That is the worst. I can't believe you. <laughs> You, hey, kid, you, here's some candy. You want to get in the van with that, man? That was First of all, no, I think that's an inapt comparison. <laughs> I didn't get into a van. You lured, me, you lured me in so – that was so sneaky. There was everything evident about that part. I told you – like, I set it up. I was giving you the ability to do it, and then – you execute. It's good storytelling. Oh, even I'm a little kid. I'm a little kid. I got all confused. I got all <laughs> frazzled. I tried to act fast. I made quick thoughts, and it just didn't. You know, it just don't work out in the end like that. Well, uh, you know, I think that'll go ahead and bring us to a close for this episode, you guys. I want to thank you guys so much for listening in. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed our discussion of the Raw After Mania. We want you guys to keep listening. If you like it, tell a friend. That's the nicest part that you can do for the show is uh, you can let people know if uh, you like two idiots like us commentating on what's going on on wrestling. Uh, I just want to say thank you again to Mike. I appreciate you coming through. Uh, Mike, do you have any shout outs or anybody that you want to say what's up to? Yeah, myself. Okay. I owe big, big ups to me, always. It's, I'm telling you, these are big steps in my life, Raf. I mean, what you want me to cut this heel promo every time? It's just, I'll just say I just me. wanted you to say a, a human being who might have listened to this show. I talked about Jesus today, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm so glad that we... we stuck to doing that segment at the end uh, hey, no brian downey adam alaya you know the whole heel section i gave austin seal amelli like to shout out to my mom uh, my third grade my third grade teacher sister julie marie um <laughs> mr lopez and yeah you know who you are that's a good one uh he'll take out a full ad in variety tomorrow to cover those of you who he did not shout out for me i just want to say thank you to our uh, co-host on verbal tap my good friend kevin phillips who has not only said how much he enjoys listening uh, to me talk wrestling but also has been very supportive and has thrown in his good two cents on this way so thank you very much kevin to all of you guys who are listening thank you so so much we appreciate it we hope you enjoy it and we hope you guys have a great rest of your week too sweet me Hey, if you were looking, your lucky numbers today are 5, 7, Q, R-S-T-L-N-E. And of course, what the fuck are you doing betting on fucking bingo? Get the fuck out of here. This isn't a bingo podcast, it's a wrestling podcast. Whatever, get out of here.